quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Your investors are your lifeline and your reputation is your lifeline. And if you get a bunch of people involved in a shitty ass deal, you're going down with it. Good luck having people trust you. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Brooke Ceballos Pinedo. Brooke is joining us from Rockland, California. She is the CEO and co-founder of Empower Capital. They empower people financially via passive investment opportunities through multifamily real estate acquisitions, focusing on women and marginalized communities. Brooke's portfolio consists of being an LP on 670 units and a GP on almost 500 units and one triple net property. Brooke, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? I'm good. I am going to respectfully correct you. I have passive 676 and I'm a GP in over 581. All right. That, that number's <laughs> gone up. Great. Good, good, good. You're All fabulous. Right. Well, Brooke, <laughs> hey, while we're at it, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yes, sir. My background is corporate, to be fully transparent with you. I have had 20 years of sales marketing negotiations, which when COVID hit, I met with Grant Cardone for a sales and marketing mentorship. And after that mentorship was over, he said, hey, you guys, most of my success comes from real estate. I had three grand in my hand and I was able to tackle some units in San Diego. I'm going to give you a real estate summit. And the rest is history. I showed up in July. It was my 40th birthday and I got to meet Grant. And because I was leaving AT&T at that time, I had a lot of money from my 401k sitting in my account. And I went all in and went for broke. I liquidated all of my 401k, put it in passive investments with people that I trusted along with Grant Cardone. And then I did a mentorship with him, which was originally only about 40 people, but it has grown very quickly. And then from there, I took a lot of my knowledge from Grant and I expanded and I work very closely with Michael Blanc and his team and do YouTube interviews for them, first time deal makers. And I'm part of Brad Sumrock's mastermind. We have a Bay Area investor group. We have Investor that I'm a part of, as well as being a Jetty has this awesome private Facebook group and she's fabulous. Another woman in the space. If you don't know who she is, Google her, look her up. But that's a quick snippet of my background and where I'm at today. Just so I have this timeline correct, all of this started during COVID. Correct. My relationship with Grant. Correct. Okay. So we're in June of 2023. It's only been three years and you've accomplished a tremendous amount. What I kept hearing repeated in here was the number of mentors that you've had. Yes, sir. Why did you go that route? Because there are no shortcuts in business other than a mentorship. For those of us that truly want to scale and accelerate their growth, you need to have a coach or a mentor, somebody who is decades or way further along than you are. 
And for me, being in sales, marketing, negotiations, and doing public speaking for AT&T and Chamber of Commerce, this was just another avenue to take for a way for me to start my own business and eventually leave the corporate hustle and bustle of the corporate world. And as you're aware, with our bodies, we have a physical trainer. And I'm big into health and fitness. I have played basketball, power pro football, CrossFit for three or four years. I got hurt. And I'm now getting back in the flow of things. So you have a coach there and then you have a spiritual coach, whether that's church or meditation or however you choose your spirituality. And then you also have financial coaches. You have your CPAs and your financial mentors, right? So when you're taking a business endeavor, why would you not work with people who are further along than you? You should never be the smartest person in the room. And I live by that. My circle consists of people that are multimillionaires and billionaires that are way ahead of me and they give their information so freely. So this field is really a pay to play game. You don't need your own money to be a syndicator and to grow here except to show up, right? But you do need to show up in the room with the people who take this venture seriously. So again, there are no shortcuts in business other than a mentorship. Brooke, what did you mean by pay to play? So what I mean by that, in the syndication world, so that is a big part. I'm a capital raiser. I also do due diligence, negotiations, et cetera. It is put out there all over the place, which kind of kind of irks me a little bit sometimes when I, when I hear this, that, oh my God, you can get wealthy with other people's money and this and this, and you don't need any money of your own to do this and syndicate. Okay, yes, that is partially true. However, you need to pay to be in the rooms with the people that have the money that are serious investors and that are comfortable investing with people, whether that is actively or passively. So stop thinking that you can just be on a bunch of Zoom calls and never show up and pay to be in the rooms. There's a reason why people spend thousands of dollars. The average mastermind is 25 to 30 grand, if not more, just to be with serious people and investors that know the game and how to play. So that's what I mean by that statement. How much have you spent on mentors, education, masterminds? Oh my God. Over a hundred average yearly average. So for example, grants to start, which is now went up, that was 25,000. Brad Sumrocks was 25,000. Michael Blanc, if you want him to help you close your first deal, that's about 25 to 30 grand and they guarantee it. However, because I was a little bit further along in my journey with Michael Blanc, I paid for his $99 a month dealmaker mastermind, which collaborates with a lot of people. And in full transparency, I have gotten the most value out of Michael Blanc's $99 a month. And this relationship both ways has accelerated both of us than some of my $25,000 ones. And let's keep this in perspective, people. The reason why I was able to spend all of that money the first year that I started this, because I've only been in this for two years, but I am relentless when I want something, is because when I left AT&T after 18 years, I had thousands of dollars in my bank account. And that funded my first year relentlessly. Brad Sumrock, because I was investing so much and spending so much money traveling, because I don't invest in California, I had to make payments to him. So I did that as a payment plan. So where there's a will, there's a way. So don't say that you don't have money. There's multiple ways to get money if you're serious about this game. You're one of the success stories that come out of masterminds, but there's so many people who have spent a tremendous amount of money and never accomplished anything. Why do you think that is? Fear and analysis paralysis. 
I think a lot of people get caught up in the camaraderie of the masterminds because there is absolutely fantastic people, y'all, amazing people. And it's so easy to be like, oh my God, they're so great. They're so, and you're having, and they are, they're fabulous. And then you come back home. And if you don't have a supportive environment, I am very grateful. We're a family of six. We're a very diverse family. And I have immense support at home. So I'm very grateful to my husband, David, Michaela, Marissa, Jalen, Layla. However, that's not the case for most people. They're either afraid of what people are going to say, because you are going to lose friends in this. Your circle will get smaller, but quality over quantity, y'all. And they don't have support and analysis paralysis. They're like, oh my God, I have to know everything. Especially women, women, stop the effing madness. And I swear I was a Latino man in my previous life. So I can't re- always relate to women. Sometimes I'm kind of cutthroat a little bit, not cutthroat, but I'm very direct. No bullshit. It is what it is. It's, I don't want to hear your excuses type of mentality. Maybe that comes from the military perspective, but you can learn half of this and have a high level of understanding and then learn the rest from experience. You can't just be steady, 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 nonstop. And think that once you get onto the field, oh, I know everything. It's like these college kids that come from Harvard and all of these colleges and they go into the corporate world like, oh, well, I have a doctorate from Harvard and this, 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 I'm going to kick ass in the corporate world. And you get there and it's nothing like what you expect. It's nothing what the textbooks tell you. So y'all experience will always trump education. So if you really want some success, learn, collaborate, break bread with people that are way further along than you take notes and learn what they're doing and execute learn, soak it in and execute and make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people that are supportive of your endeavor. All right, Brooke, you've been in this industry for just over two years and you got in by accident, right? You went to a sales (laughs) seminar and somehow became hyper-focused on real estate. Can you give us a very detailed timeline of the start of the two and a half years ago till now? So back in, when did COVID start? 2020, maybe it was March, 2020. I had just finished reading Grant's 10X. I was a fiber sales manager implementing fiber into office buildings that nobody was at. And I'm like, okay, I had a low base and a real high commission structure. And I went from making six figures annually to 60K to just cut. So I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And Grant was marketing. I started social media stalking him after reading his book, Sell or Be Sold, 10X, et cetera. And he was offering this mentorship for like a monthly cost. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And helped me with sales and marketing, do video text messages instead of emailing and calling people, personalizing things. I learned a lot. And I knew I wanted to meet him when I was driving to the Bay Area and I was listening to his book on Audible. And he said, listen, y'all, don't be a little <laughs> and that's so my mentality. Stop complaining. Suck it up. You want it? Get the shit done, right? And a few months later, when our stuff was wrapping up, he said, I'm going to give you this ticket. And this was July 2021 was the first Grant Cardone Real Estate Summit. And I had a free VIP ticket from being in his mentorship for sales and marketing. And at the end of it, there was this gut feeling in me. Jared Glant, who I believe is the president, is... How serious are you about this? And after hearing about all these stories of actual real people, not just Grant, Grant can be kind of like loud and out there, but when you get more one-on-one with him, he's not so crazy. (laughs) And I just had this from like, Brooke, if you don't do this, you're going to regret this. Like you've always wanted a business. And whenever I wanted to make a change in the corporate world, like Brooke, if you want to make a difference, work for a startup. And I'm like, I want to be me. I'm tired of conforming and being the only woman at the table and cover your tattoos. I'm a tattooed professional. You don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. 
And I went and Anthony Sisson was my sales guy. He came up to me because when you raise your hand in a grant event, if any of y'all have been to it, they watch you like hawks. Oh, her hands up, his hands up, her hands up. And they are on you like white on rice, y'all. So don't raise your hand if you don't want them to come out. So it was lunchtime and I get hangry. And I was like at the end of my 16-8 fasting, which is great, y'all. I've been doing it for about five years. Trim it up a little bit. And he's like, so any questions? Nah, Anthony, just run my car. Let's get this shit done. I'm hungry. Sign me up. So we did the wire, set it up. And I have a very short learning curve. My husband calls me the honey badger. <laughs> I am relentless. I am dedicated. I am fearless. I'm ferocious. I tune out everybody. You're either on my side or get the F out of my way because I am a pit bull on the jugular. And after being motivated by Grant, because he's a phenomenal cheerleader and I'm taking all these notes and I executed what he did. And I think my biggest accomplishment, there's two of them working with Grant on my first year, was our first deal was $131 million. It was 364 units. And out of 15 people, I made it in best and final. And there was two of us going up against it. However, I believe Tuesday morning or somebody, they hardwired money or something right on the interview. And they were gangsta. I wasn't liquid like that to be able to do that. But having Grant's coaching mentality to give us a confidence to take something down like that was fabulous. And then Grant and I actually both went against each other on the Hayworth in Texas. And needless to say, neither one of us got it. And that was a lot of fun talking shit to Grant because I don't care who you are. I'm going to treat you the same way I treat the CEO. You treat the janitor the same way you do the CEO. I don't care if you're Mr. Fabulous Grant Cardone, who I love, Mr. Billionaire, or you are the wonderful, beautiful Melina, I think is her name, is the janitor at my daughter's school. You know, like, buenos dias, buenos tardes, no, que tengo un buen día. Everybody is human, right? So I don't know how granular you really want to get. You said detailed. <laughs> okay, listen, um, we got a limited amount of time. Let's focus yeah. on bullet points. So okay. Grant Cardone was an inspiration to you. Let's keep going. The 364 unit property, was that your first deal? We didn't get it closed. That was our first deal, but our first deal that was actually closed was 481 units at 68 million. Okay. How did you come across that property? Partnership. We are very partnership heavy with Massive Capital. So Mike Bailey, Shariah Khan, we were all in the same masterminds. We were showing up to all the events. The first year I started this, I was in 19 in-person events. And because Mike Bailey was in the Grant Cardone mastermind and he saw how well I was doing, the, his words, not mine, came up to me at AmNatCom, which is a Brad Sumrock event. Brooke, I love what you're doing. I want to partner with you. I know you need to be able to go full cycle. I hadn't gone full cycle yet and I didn't have the liquidity. And so I was relying on partners and some of them weren't working out. You have to trust, but you really need to validate. That's why now I'm very picky with who I work with. So they well, came hold, to hold me. On, Brooke. Why would somebody say, I want to partner with you if you haven't done a deal yet? Because they know me personally and they saw how far I got on my own. I had been in best and final seven different times, but I was struggling because what Grant tells you is when you have a good deal, get the deal, the money will come. That's not true. Not if you've not gone full cycle, not if I don't have the liquidity in the bank account to make sure there's no cattle calls. So when I had a massive investor network, and I'm working with all these people because I've been to so many events. And after these events, you're following up with people. So my group was growing. But then as we started spending time, they're like, Brooke, 
you haven't even gone full cycle. And what that means to the audience is you have executed a business plan, your past due diligence, you've refired or sold, and you have paid out those returns to your investors. However, Massive Capital had done it seven times and they had the liquidity so that what I lacked, they had, I had the ability to execute and raise capital. And I was able to raise 1.2 in six weeks and they provided what I lacked. So they saw everything because we were all in the same ecosystem and they reached out for us to collaborate. I love that story. Good. So you found your limiting factor and you found partners to compensate for that. How did you get in front of some of these people? Liz Faircloth with InvestHer, Vina Jetty, great people in our industry. How did you come across them and how did you get to use their name on a first name basis? So Liz Faircloth, I wouldn't say I know her on a first name basis. I'm a part of her Invest Her Sacramento chapter, which is ran by Jasmine Rosig here. And I attend the Invest Her events. I did get to meet them in Arizona, which was absolutely fabulous. Probably one of my favorite events. So her and I, we have emails and there's like closed groups and we've only met once. But Vina Jetty is my major girl crush. She had helped me when I was tackling a portfolio in Montrose via Clubhouse We had an open forum and I was asking for advice. So her and I were working together, helping each other for almost 18, 20 months before I actually got to meet her just a couple months ago. And our relationship has grown so quickly that I have a book coming out that we collaborate with real women in real estate, all women of all walks of life. She did our foreword for us, which is absolutely fantastic. And that's coming out August 1st, a little plug there. And it's more because of people, even though this is a very large industry, the ecosystem and the people involved are very intimate and small people talk. It's a very large, small, intimate group. And I was able to meet her and we connected and we chat and she's absolutely fantastic. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you tired of spending hours managing your rental properties? Inago is here to simplify your life as a landlord or property owner with their free property management software. With Inago, you can say goodbye to complex and costly solutions. Inago is designed with simplicity in mind, focusing on the features that matter to you. From tenant screening and lease signing to rent collection and work order management, Inago has got you covered. They offer a seamless interface and dedicated support representatives to assist you in every step of the way. Join thousands of satisfied landlords and start streamlining your property management tasks today with Inago. Plus, you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card just for using Inago. Visit Inago.com forward slash best ever to get started and reclaim your time and sanity that's I-N-N-A-G-O dot com forward slash best ever. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors, targeting a 15-20% to 20% IRR and a 2-2.5x to 2.5X equity multiple to its investors over a 3-5 to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital dot 
thebamcompanies.com. Veen is a great personality, fun individual. Yes. Do other people have a hard time getting a word in when the two of you are together? <laughs> that is so funny because me and Veen are like, oh. we went out to go eat and we're like, and girl, and this is this, and you don't try this. And because I was a speaker at Michael Blanc's, I hosted the red carpet for him at the Dealmaker Live. And then I was a speaker and I was asking for tips because I've done podcasts. I do YouTube interviews for Michael Blanc for first time dealmakers. But to be on stage, I wanted to make sure I provided value. What should I do? And she just sat there from the first time we met with a bunch of people and we're eating today. So girl, pull up a seat. And my daughter was with me, my 15 year old. This is what you got to do. This is what I'm not going to do. It's like the world shut down. And we're like, Durr. so she's a wealth of information and Kind of. Yes, you can get a word in. <laughs> but yeah, you- listen, Brooke, I got I, I to ask you, why is there not more women in this business? Now, look, there's plenty of women, I think, early on in some residential fix and flips, wholesaling. But once you get to these higher level real estate investors, there's just not that many women. And why is that? couple things. One, it's confidence. We're not very confident. When people ask me, well, Brooke, where the hell do you get your confidence? I don't call it confidence. I call it being fed up. I've done 22 years hard time corporate. Whenever I had to go give presentations to clients, mid-market, enterprise clients, rarely did I see women at the table, let alone black, brown, Indian, Asian. So a lot of this comes from frustration and having a single mom bringing me up. A lot of women are told you should be seen, but not heard. And it comes back to society as well. A man growing up, you guys are taught how to invest in the stock market, invest here, invest there. Women are taught when it comes to money, learn how to manage the household income and make sure you know how to balance a checkbook. F that. Hello. We need to take care of our own financial future because a man is not a plan. I think it really depends on their upbringing and their culture. And have you really been pissed off enough? Because I know I have. I'm fed up. And having four girls of color, they need to see what's possible regardless of your upbringing. Speaking with women, they're just like, oh, I don't know. Women feel like everything needs to be perfect first. Oh, I need to have all this shit together. This, 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 this. Oh, and my hair needs. Oh, my God. If I break out, I can't put myself out there. And one thing I've learned from Rachel Rogers, if you don't know who she is, she's the author of We Should All Be Millionaires fabulous woman. She goes, you have to put yourself out there to inspire other people. And so many women don't see other people out there. So even when you're having a day, oh my God, there's gray hairs. Oh my God, why do I have a double chin? Or I just look like shit today. I make myself do it because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about the message. What is the end game of who we are trying to inspire? I hope that answered your question, but it comes down to culture, society, and lack of confidence. It did. Two of my business partners are females and they're two of the strongest women that I know. And I see the things that they encounter when they show up to meet a broker or when they're on the phone with a broker for the first time, it's Mr. Patel, Mr. Shah. And it's like, no, I'm a missus. There's just a lot of stereotypes. They handle themselves very well, but again, they just have strong personalities. What's your advice to women who are starting out in this industry and are encountering a lot of that? It's a predominantly male-dominated industry, what's your advice to them early on so that they don't get frustrated and they push through? One, give yourself grace, okay? We're all humans trying to figure everything out. You're not going to know everything all at once. You're never going to know everything. So make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that are supportive of you. Two, when I started on this journey, I was scared shitless to call brokers. 
they've been around longer. There's no men brokers. However, I was very organized prior to calling because sorry, ladies. And I know I can be long-winded too sometimes, especially if I'm thinking out loud, which I try not to do. I try to speak in bullet points, but women tend to lack confidence. The high-pitched voices, sorry, they even turned me off. Use your diaphragm, y'all. Speak with authority and confidence, first of all. So when I call on a property, I call, and one, I have my notes in front of me, and I have napkin underwriting. What is the most at a high level that I can pay for? And when I call them, I'm saying, hi, they answer, hi, this is Ash. Hey, Ash, this is Brooks of Isles, Pinera of Empower Capital. How you doing? All right, fabulous, cool. I found the Hayworth on here. I have a couple questions. One, is it available? First thing, is it available? Because they will post things that have already been sold or in negotiations in the hopes that if the shit falls through the cracks, somebody else is going to pick it up. Sometimes those properties aren't available. One, is it available? Two, what's the whisper guidance price? Okay, awesome, perfect. Well, then you know what? That fits my criteria bucket I'm looking at. I'll have my team dig in the weeds and we'll go from there. You control the conversation. And if they ask additional questions, well, what questions do you have or this or that? Or, or did you get to? Well, I'm showing 22 point million. You're telling me 25 point million. I'm a little bit more conservative. However, I have an underwriting team and we'll get back to you on that. So essentially when you call, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Brooks of Isles Pinot of Empower Capital. How are you doing today? Great, fabulous. I saw Hayworth on here. One, Hayworth in Fort Worth, Texas. Is this still available? No, it's not. Okay, fantastic. All right, no problem. If it is, beautiful. When is best and final? When are your calls for offers? When are LOIs due? Keep it to three sentences. And then like, okay, what's the whisper price? Oh, we're going to base it off the market. Okay, understood. Thank you for your time. We'll look into dig deeper and we'll be in touch. And the effing call. Don't open it up for 21 questions that you're not prepared to handle. I like that. So here's my opinion of what you said. Yeah. If a guy gets on the phone with me, very aggressive, to the point, and you were pretty aggressive there. You're very confident and aggressive. I would think, man, this guy's a However, when a female does that, I'd be like, she is awesome. I don't know why that is, but I'm just being honest with you. So I love that approach. But now the flip side of that question, my partners at times will find it very advantageous to play simple and naive in situations. Are you capable of that? Because I see you as very domineering. Yes. So before I tour a property, one, our team has done a ton of digging. I've already did rent comparables. I've already done all of this work. And I've already went and looked at the Google reviews. I'm looking, okay, what are the reviews? Apartment.com, rent.com. What are the tenants saying about this place? And I get it. Some of those reviews, people just talk smoke. They had a bad day, whatever, fine. But if there's a common trend, I know about it. I'm going to do my digging. When I go to the tour, I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? This is a time to build rapport, build relationships with people. I'm a lot more relaxed. I'm taking notes as I go. And I'm like, okay, so what would you say are the pros? What do you like about this property? What do you not like about this property? And I'll tell them, okay, okay. So what are their thoughts on this? I'll play dumb in that aspect or when... I am at a lunch with a broker or something of it's a new relationship and they're talking about the properties they have. And I've already done my work on what the rent comparables are. He's like, oh, well, you know what? We're at 900 and you could totally put it up to like 1200 or 1350. And I know they're blowing smoke. I'm like, okay, you're at 900. I just stalked four or five different websites. People within a five mile radius are charging 1100. So don't tell me I can bump it to 1350 when leases are over. But I just take that as a mental note. The reason why I'm more assertive on the phone, because women, we tend to be like, oh, 
Yay! We're like this cheerleader shit, and it drives not only me nuts. I swear, as a Lat- I said it, I'm a Latino man in my previous life, but men too. When you guys are like, oh, I'm so high, how are you? All of that frivolous shit. Nobody cares. We're here to do business. Get to the point. We are busy. So on a phone call, introduction, two to three questions max. Awesome. Thank you for your time. One, it shows you're serious. You know your shit. Don't waste my time. In person, you have more time to be like, hey, what's happening? How you doing? Thanks for your time today. Bring a gift, bring them coffee, whatever it is, and a really nice pin if it's a super bougie property or whatever. And just let that have your personality show through. Speak direct, know what you want to get out of, lead with the end in mind, and cut out that, oh my God, yeah. And the, if you have a high-pitched voice, get a voice coach. It works, AT&T, we've done it. Speak from your chest and learn to think before you deliver. Kind of like Elizabeth Holmes, huh? <laughs> Why do I know that name? She was the Theranos CEO, one of the youngest female billionaires ever, had a very, very deep voice, but she was caught on camera in her normal voice once. She was very good at putting on the deep voice, and that was part of her persona. Fascinating story, by the way. Okay, so look, I'm a believer in that women honestly do things much better in business than men, but I was also in the corporate healthcare arena for 15 years. So 95% of my coworkers and people that I manage were women. Now my two business partners, are women, my company is predominantly women. I have one male who is my nephew. What is your advice to leaders of companies in real estate on hiring women, promoting women, cultivating women to grow in this industry? One, you want to see your ROI, your return on investment accelerate exponentially. You need more women. And the reason for that is, one, we have a reputation for being very thorough and an attention to detail, which can make you or break you in some aspects and conversations. It's not necessary. However, when it comes to documentation, doing tours, looking at things in real estate, due diligence, et cetera, that's extremely important. Two, we are more attuned to I would say, and more empathetic to the diversity around us, making sure everybody has a voice. Call it that motherly instinct or whatever that might be that we want everybody to have a place at the table, so to speak, where in my experience, where it is dominantly men, it's it's about me and it's this and it's my way and it's this. No, 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 no. This is how we're doing it. Where when I've had leaders like Ann Chow, who used to be our CEO of business and was a mentor of mine. Okay. And what are your thoughts? Okay, noted. And and what are your thoughts? So women overall are a little more empathetic. We are a little bit more thorough. We will do our best to make sure people are feeling included and inclusive. And in that, it allows people to be more open with their feedback and what they may see, where in some situations where men dominate, they kind of tend to take over where we will make it a priority to make sure the voices are heard. Did you notice this? Did you notice there's mildew right there? Did you notice that this is here where the men will kind of look at the bigger picture and the women will kind of tune it in where something that may be small now could grow to be something bigger later. I hope that. Answers yeah, it certainly does. I'm going to ask you another question and I want you to take a minute to think about this because there is a politically correct answer But I want your true answer. As your company grows and you start hiring more people, I know you want to be a champion of women. I'm sure you're going to hire as many women as possible. Would you make it a point to have men in the company as well? So to make sure we're on 
the same page. Men are fantastic. However, the white man has had a place at the table for decades and years. It was only until the 70s that a woman could go get a credit card or get a mortgage without her husband co-signing. So history is important. However, the group I'm creating right now is called Our Seat at the Table. I'm uploading a whole bunch of content right now. It is for those who don't have a seat at the table in marginalized communities. One of the reasons I say women is because we have four daughters, 11, 15, 14, and 18. We're a blended family. I have two. My husband has two. And it is a major priority for me to show them what is possible. I want women just to learn that some of the things that you're doing is not appropriate. Going to a business transaction looking like Friday night when it's Monday morning, not cool. Okay, you're looking for a day, you're looking for a business partner. And I know that was kind of a side comment, but it is for women. It is as a focus because we have four daughters, but marginalized communities as a whole and men that support them. So I do not feel that you should ever have just women somewhere unless you might have a mentorship group and that's great. But when it comes to acceleration, all voices need to be heard. I don't care if you're white, black, brown, a female. However, studies and history and facts have shown that the more successful people, whether it's Fortune 500 companies, whatever it might be, are dominantly white males. And we need to open up the doors and because representation matters. So my goal is to be that representation, having a family, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Hispanic, Black, all of that in one family, to show this is possible. You don't have to just be a woman, but that is a focus because I am a woman and I've seen women get pushed aside, my own mom growing up for years and having to rely on a man because a man is not a plan. You want a man, but you don't need a man. And if you're not happy, you need to be able to financially take care of yourself. So I hope that kind of clarifies. A one word answer. Would you make it a point to have at least one male in your company? Yes. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Brooke, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. What's the most valuable real estate investing advice you can give? No deal is better than a bad deal. No deal is better than a bad deal. Why? Because your investors are your lifeline and your reputation is your lifeline. And if you get a bunch of people involved in a shitty ass deal, you're going down with it. Good luck having people trust you. Oh, okay. So having no deal, meaning the absence of a deal. Sorry, I misinterpreted (laughs) your statement. Yes, that's a great point. Brooke, what's the best ever book you recently read? Recently, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss and Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill by Sharon Lecter because she geared it towards women. And Brooke, what's the best ever way you like to give back? Two ways, providing education to the masses through content creating so people don't have to spend a hundred grand a year like I had to spend on Masterminds. And we sponsor Sofina Nina and Guatemala. She is a young girl. They only get up to seventh grade education. So I do it through a sponsorship for the countries and places that matter, along with free content for those that can't be in person or afford these masterminds. And Brooke, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Instagram is my favorite handle. And it's Brooklyn0719, that is B-R-O-O-K-L-Y-N-N-0719. Brooke, I got to thank you for your time today. You are certainly a champion of people that don't have a voice. You've got a great story, a fast rise in just over two years, becoming one of the dominant women in this industry. So congratulations on your success. 
I appreciate you, Ash. It was such an honor. And I was so excited to be on here because I've read the best ever real estate investing book. I have it on a hard copy and I've actually taken different excerpts of it and reiterated my own words to help spread your guys' knowledge for people. So I love y'all book too. Well, thank you very much. Best ever listeners. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.